Would you stand with me this morning as we honor the reading of the wonderful word of the Lord. Today we're looking in the 34th division of the psalm, Psalm 34. We're going to read verse number 19 this morning, Psalm 34 and verse number 19. The psalmist writes and he says, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. Father, I thank you one more time today for your infallible, your, your miraculous, uh, powerful word today. God, I pray that your word will go forth today under an, an anointing of your spirit. God, I pray, Lord, that you'll give us ears to hear your word today. And God, I pray that we'll not only hear, but God, I pray, Lord, that we will, we will do what your word tells us to do. We ask all of these things in the wonderful name of the Lord Jesus Christ. All of God's people said, praise the Lord. Lord. You can be reseated this morning. Well, we are presently in a series called The Great Questions of Life. Life in and of itself is very peculiar and perplexing. I cannot speak for you, but for me, life seems to provide many more questions than answers. Today's question is, why do bad things happen to good people? And I believe that this is a legitimate question, and especially to Americans because we grew up expecting the storybook life. We grew up reading, we grew up having stories read to us, storybooks that began with once upon a time and always ended with, and they lived happily ever after. But for most people, this has proven to be exactly what it is, and that is a fairy tale. Truth of the matter is, bad things happen to good people. Tragedy strikes every family. Heartache knocks upon every single door. Pain and suffering and disappointment have no boundaries. In our text, the psalmist writes, many are the afflictions of the righteous. I want you to notice these three words, many afflictions righteous. What is he saying? He's saying that bad things happen to good people. All you have to do is read the word and you'll find that some of God's greatest suffered the most. People like Moses, people like David, people like Joseph, people like Job, people like Paul. Bad things happen to good people. And what I have discovered is, is that everybody has a story. Everyone has a story. You might say, but pastor, you seem to have the storybook life. Well, let me just tell you that just because I don't stand up here and tell you all of my problems all the time, that that doesn't mean that I have not had my share of pain. I have three grandkids in heaven that never got to be born. The last one we, we know for sure was a boy. A boy I had prayed for. A boy I had believed for. A boy I had plans for. 
I know what it's like to have a sweet little five-year-old granddaughter ask the question, why, why does my baby brother have to, have to live in heaven with Jesus? I, I want him to live down here with me. And she asked that question nearly every day. Bad things happen to good people. Everybody has a story. I know what it's like to be betrayed. I know what it's like to be lied about. I know what it's like to lose good church people because because somebody lied about me. I know what it's like to to have people disappoint you. I know what it's like to have people that you relied on, people that you trusted, people that you thought loved you. I know what it's like to be hurt. I'm not whining this morning. I'm, I'm simply making my point. The great question of life that we are addressing today is why do bad things happen to good people? So this morning for a little while, I want us to chew on this question. And I want us to begin this morning by talking about the reasons. Let me give you three possible reasons this morning why bad things happen to good people. The first reason is because we live in a fallen world. See, see, God's original plan was for man to actually experience the storybook life. If you'll read the book of Genesis, you'll find that God placed man in a garden of paradise. But man and woe man messed it all up. Let's read about it. Genesis chapter 3 verse 17 through 19. God said to Adam, God said, because you have heeded the voice of your wife... Because you have eaten from the tree of which I commanded you, saying, You shall not eat of it. Because of that, cursed is the ground for your sake. In toil you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Both thorns and thistles it will bring forth for you. And you shall eat the, the herb of the field. In the sweat of your face you shall eat bread. Until you return to the ground. For out of it you were taken. For dust you are, and to dust you shall return. Bad things happen to good people because we live in a fallen world. We live in a world that has been altered by sin. We live in a world that looks absolutely nothing like God's original design. Pain and suffering, heartache and turmoil, troubles and trials, thorns and thistles, and we can make an endless list of negatives. None of these are a part of God's original design plan. All of these are a direct result of the fall of man. Every single negative in life has its, re- has its roots in the sin of mankind. If you're looking this morning for somebody to blame, don't blame God because he created everything perfect. His idea was indeed the storybook life that begins with once upon a time and ends with, and they lived happily ever after. Why do bad things happen to good people? Because because we live in a fallen world. Another reason why bad things happen to good people is because we make foolish choices. You see, who we are and what we are and where we are today is the sum total of all of our choices. 
We are not robots programmed and controlled by our maker. God has given to us free will. He has given us the power to choose. See, see, Adam and Eve didn't have to say yes to the serpent's temptation. We make choices every single day that determine our outcome. Oftentimes, bad things happen to good people because, because these good people make bad choices. Galatians chapter 6, verse 7 and 8 says, and a paraphrase of these words could very well go something like this, bad choices produce bad results. Foolish choices produce unfavorable consequences. We're talking about the reasons right now. Sometimes it's because we live in a fallen world and sometimes it's because we make foolish choices and sometimes it's because we follow the wrong crowd. Adam followed Eve. He should have stood up to her and he should have said to her, woman, We don't eat that in this family. Proverbs 13 and 20 says, walk with the wise and you will become wise. Associate with fools and you will get into trouble. See, sometimes bad things happen to good people because we follow the wrong crowd. We associate with, we align ourselves with the wrong people. See, if you associate yourself with negative people, if you associate yourself with pessimistic people, if you associate yourself with critical people, guess what you are eventually going to become? Negative, pessimistic, critical. Because the path that they are on and the destination that they are going to experience, you will experience as well. Many, many years ago now, I aligned myself with a certain group of pastors. But after a while, I recognized the path that these pastors were on. And I wasn't very excited about where this path was leading. And so I got off of that path and I realigned myself and I chose some different pastors to associate with. And I'm so glad I did. Our question today is, why do bad things happen to good people? We've talked about some of the reasons. Now let's talk a little bit about the reactions. The reactions. See, see, the question is not, will bad things happen to good people? The, The question is, how are we going to react when it does? I want to suggest three reactions this morning. First of all, I'd like to suggest to you that some people... Some play the blame game. I want you to listen to an incredible, incredible scripture. It's found in Proverbs 19 and verse 3. I love it in the New Living Translation. And it says this, people ruin their lives by their own foolishness. And then are angry at the Lord. People ruin their lives by their own foolishness, by their own foolish mistakes, their their own foolish decisions. People ruin their lives by their own foolishness and then they're angry at the Lord. 
When bad things happen to good people, some people play the blame game. They, they either blame God or they blame some person. They never take responsibility for their actions. It's always, always someone else's fault. They, they consistently play the role of the victim or the martyr. Another reaction is some become bitter. When bad things happen to good people, some of those people become bitter. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 15 says, Be careful that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. See, the biggest problem with bitterness is it cannot be contained. Notice what the writer of Hebrews says. He says that bitterness will corrupt many. See, bitter people infect other people with their bitterness. Some of you are infected with bitterness today, but it's really not your bitterness at all. It is the bitterness that has been imparted to you by some other bitter person. Bitterness can literally make you sick. Notice the phrase in Hebrews, poisonous root of bitterness. The Bible says that bitterness is equal to poison. Poison can eventually kill you if you ingest enough of it. Perhaps the reason why doctors can't properly diagnose people sometimes is, is because the cause of that person's sickness isn't something tangible like high blood pressure or clogged arteries or a malfunctioning body part. Perhaps the problem is with the invisible but very real poison called bitterness. When bad things happen to good people, good people have a choice to make. They, they can either choose to become bitter or they can choose to become better. They can choose to either blame God or beseech God. They can either choose to run toward God or to run away from God. Talking about the reactions right now. Some people play the blame game. Some, some people become bitter. And, and the third reaction is some, some battle it nobly. If you were to have to choose the best man in the Bible besides Jesus, I personally believe that you could make a strong case for a man named Joseph. It's really, really hard to find fault in this man named Joseph. He was a good man. And although he was a good man, perhaps he was one of, at least in the top three, of the best men in all of the Bible, not counting Jesus. But even though he was a good man, bad things happened to this man. He was abused and he was abandoned, and that was by his very own brothers. He was sold as a slave. He was falsely accused and thrown into prison. He was lied to and lied about. He was taken advantage of. He was overlooked. But how did Joseph react to, the inf to this unfair treatment? He battled it nobly. When all was said and done and his brothers were standing before him, the Bible says in Genesis 50 and verse 20, Joseph said to his low-life, heartless brothers, You meant this for evil. But God meant it for good. 
Joseph refused bitterness and he chose the high road which included no paybacks or revenge. He chose to become better, not bitter. My mind quickly goes to a couple of ladies in this church as well as one of my spiritual sons. All three of these faced a life-threatening disease. All three of these people chose not to play the blame game. And all three of these chose to not become bitter. But instead, all three chose to battle nobly. I've witnessed others in this church do the same. See, see, the real question is not if bad things happen to you. The real question is when bad things happen to you, how are you going to react? Will you play the blame game? Will you become bitter? Or will you battle nobly? All right, we've talked a little bit about the reasons. we talked a little bit about the reactions. Now let's talk a little bit about The recommendations. Pastor, what should a person do when bad things happen to good people? Well, let me give you five recommendations this morning. The first thing that you should do, and that is you should remind yourself that people are watching you. When the rug gets pulled out from under you, when, when tragedy strikes or heartache knocks on your door, when bad things happen in your life, the first thing you need to do is you need to remind yourself they, there are people watching. That's right. That's right. Titus chapter 2 and verse number 7 says, You must be a good example to them by doing good works of every kind. Let everything you do reflect the integrity and seriousness of your teaching. Somebody said actions speak louder than words. Listen, listen, how we act and react to life's bumps and bruises and brutalities speak volumes to those around us. Let me ask you this question this morning. When it, When it comes to getting people to God, when it comes to pointing people to God, let me ask you this question this morning. Are you a freeway or a roadblock? When people look at you, when you handle and how you handle adversity, are you a help or are you a hindrance? Are you pointing people to God or people away from God? Are you driving people to God or away from God? Second recommendation I have when bad things happen to good people is, and that is refuse to allow the situation to define you. Refuse to allow the situation to define you. When bad things happen to good people, some some get stuck there. And some use it as a stepping stone. Proverbs 24 and verse 16, the Bible says the godly may trip seven times, but they will get back up every single time. My next recommendation is reach upward and outward for help. Reach upward and outward for help. 
See, see, when bad things happen to good people, good people should not try to handle it alone. They should first reach upward. Psalm 42 and 5, the psalmist said, Why am I discouraged? And why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in God. And in Psalm 143 and verse 3, the Bible says, When my enemy has chased me, or it says my enemy has chased me, he has knocked me to the ground. I am losing all hope. But in verse number 6, he says, I lift my hands to you in prayer. I thirst for you as parched land thirst for Rain, you might say to me, Pastor, I'm really going through it right now. I'm really going through it today. Oh, my admonition this morning, my, what I would encourage you to do this morning is reach upward. Turn your eyes toward heaven today. And then after you have reached upward, reach outward. Galatians 6 and 2 says, share each other's burdens. A good way to do this is to join a C group. Because C groups have a dual purpose. They are, they are for care and they are for community. They are for comfort and they are for connection. See Pastor Landon to get connected to a C group or get online as you were instructed earlier. I'm giving you five recommendations. What to do when bad things happen to good people. And bad things do happen to good people. Listen, bad things are going to happen in your life. Bad things happen in my life. Bad things happen to everybody. What do we do? What is the the recommendation? What, What would I encourage you to do this morning? Well, number four. Number four, I would encourage you to reflect on God's promises. Reflect on God's promises. Deuteronomy 31 and 8 says, and the Lord, He is the one who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. Psalm 34, verse 17 and 18. The Bible says that the Lord hears His people when they cry out to Him. He rescues them from their trouble. He is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. And Psalm 40, verse 1 through 3, the psalmist said, I waited patiently for the Lord to help me. And he turned to me and he heard my cry. He lifted me out of the pit of despair and he set my feet on solid ground. He steadies me as I walk along. He has given me a new song to sing, a song of praise. My recommendation today is to reflect on God's promises. What do we do when bad things happen to good people? My fifth and final recommendation this morning is this. Refresh yourself with praise. Isaiah 61 verse 3 says, Put on the garment of praise for the spirit of despair. When bad things happen to good people, Good people have two choices. They can either pout or they can praise. And may I tell you that powders seldom praise and praisers seldom pout. What we need to understand this morning is that praise is a choice. 
And let me tell you this morning that praise has nothing to do with the style of the music. I get so weary with this. Praise has nothing to do with the style of the music. Write this down. It's about the Savior, not about the song. If you had come in here not thinking about the song, but thinking about the Savior, it wouldn't matter what the song was because it's not about the song, it's about the Savior. And the good old days weren't as good as you remembered them. Because I was there too. And I wonder why we had 400 songs in the songbook, but we only sung 30 of them. Hey, I grew up in, I'm not, you know, it was good for its time. It's great. And listen, everybody's got their preference. And I'm not picking on your preference this morning, but I'm telling you, I'm telling you, praise is a choice. It's not about the song, it's about the Savior. And when they introduced hymns to the church, the church nearly split. The people were angry for that newfangled worship called hymns. Many of them old bar tunes. Christian words put to old bar tunes. Praise is a choice. Praise takes effort. Why can't sing the new songs? You're not trying. I'm not 30. Praise takes effort. Doesn't take any effort. I'm not going to go there. I'm going to be... I'm I'm already in trouble. I don't want to really, you know. Praise is a matter of the heart. Let me tell you, if you can't worship with the new worship, shame on you. Let me say, if we sing a hundred-year-old song out of a songbook and you can't worship, shame on you. When I step back in time and go to a church that's still operating like they did 40, 50 years ago when I was a a boy, I could still worship because it's not about the song, it's about the Savior. And it's about my heart. And my heart is to worship the Lord. No matter about, about the style, no matter about my preference, it's not about the song, it's about the Savior. And He is worthy to be praised and worshiped and honored. When bad things happen to good people, what do you do? Refresh yourself with praise. My mind goes back now about 40 years. That's about how long it was. We were pastoring a church in Kansas. There were two ladies in the church. There were many more ladies than that, but I'm just focusing on two. Their names were Gladys and Sherry. Now, Sherry was the sanguine life of the party. You know, giddy, uh, always in a good mood, all kind of flighty. Oh, this is Sherry. (laughs) Gladys, she was stately. She had her business suit. She had every hair in place. Makeup perfect. 
She was stately. She was refined. Gladys. One Sunday night before church, Sherry comes in church like she always does. And she comes up to Gladys. And she says before church, Gladys, let's shout tonight. Gladys said to Sherry, if the spirit moves me, I shall. I won't put it on. But Isaiah 61 and 3 says that I can put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. It doesn't say I've got to have the spirit move me. It says I'm going to put it on when I am discouraged, when I'm depressed, when bad things are happening to me. I'm going to put on, I'm going to put on the garment of praise for the spirit. Will you just forgive me as I shout a little bit this morning? There's a lot of things we grew up in church that's not right. Especially in old time Pentecost. How many remember dancing in the spirit? Well, they're not in the spirit. I've read every word in this book. And I can't find dancing in the spirit in this book. Do I believe in dancing in the spirit? Yes. Do I believe the spirit can come on me and I can dance? Yes, I believe that. But the Bible doesn't say that the spirit has to come on me to dance. It says nothing about dancing in the spirit. It just says to dance. Amen. When David saw the ark... Coming up the road. The Bible says that David danced before the Lord. Doesn't say he danced in the spirit. Listen, he knew what it was like to be without the ark. And he knew what it was like to be with the ark. He knew what it was be, what like to be without the spirit. He knew what it was like to be with the spirit. And when he saw the presence of God coming back toward him, he danced for all of his might. What is my recommendation when bad things happen to good people? Remind yourself that people are watching. Refuse to allow the the situation to define you. Reach upward and reach outward. Reflect on God's promises. And refresh yourself with praise. Our takeaway for the day is God uses the bad things in life to work for our good. Romans 8 and 28 says that God causes all things to work together for our good. Notice these words, all things work together our good. God takes the good, he takes the bad, he takes the ugly. God puts it all together and God causes all things to work together for our good. Genesis 50 and 20, you, Joseph said, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. So that he could save the lives of many. Father, I just pray that you'll take your word this morning. God, not the sermon that I put together, but the genuine, true word. And God, may your word do what needs to be done in the heart and the life of your people today. Father, all for your glory we ask in the mighty, powerful, wonderful, marvelous, holy name of Jesus.